Welcome to Catch the Fire London podcast. We hope as you listen to this message that you will encounter God's transforming presence. We've been talking about angels a little bit this morning, haven't we? And as a really fun, cheesy segue, we have our very own angel in this house. We have Miss Tanya Angel. We're really blessed and really excited to have Tanya share with us today. Thank you so much, guys. <clears throat> uh, honestly, to have like Timmy, Falake, and Dan praying over me all at once is like, woo! And hopefully, I would not. I'm not a scary angel like a biblical angel. Hopefully, <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> no, don't set me on fire. No, no, no. <laughs> Unless it's Holy Spirit fire. <laughs> it's like, just like, yes. I, I I will try not to move as much because I have set up the angle so I can like. I, I need to remember. If not, I'll... no, it's okay. If not, people online will see me disappear and whatnot. But anyhow, <laughs> it's it's an honor. It's it's just such a blessing to, to be able to share and to just give me any excuse to talk about Jesus and I'll be happy. Honestly, it's it's one of the privilege the privileges of my life to be to be asked whether it is one person, hey, what do you think about this? What's the revelation that God is saying? Or in front of a room or in front any any time is a good time to talk about Jesus, and uh, I, I I love the fact that we're we're lighting the candles and we're doing the Advent thing because for me it's just one important thing that this season is about Jesus. This season is about yes the presence yes the food yes the that's all good, but we actually celebrate that He came, that the King came. And there's a beautiful scripture. I, I have a couple of scriptures, but they're not going to be able to be displayed today. But I'll, I'll read it for you. But there's one scripture that I want to start with. And it's 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. And many of us would know the story. And it's when uh, Samuel goes, and it's he's mourning for Saul. But then he goes, and God is like, hey, while you're mourning, go up to Bethlehem. Go to the house of Jesse. And I have a new king that I want you to anoint. To anoint. But... When he goes, when Samuel goes into the, into the house of Jesse, he sees the firstborn and he's like, ooh, oh, this must be, it's tall, dark, handsome, I, I don't know, like a buff. And <laughs> I don't know what Samuel said, but the Lord was like, no, that's not it. And then this is the verse that I, I want to talk about. And it says, the Lord does not see like man sees, for the Lord looks at the heart. And I'm I want to talk to, to, uh, to us today about how the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords came as a humble baby. He being the King of the universe, he being this like majestic, majestic King that, uh, let's face it, if you could have planned your birth, how you would look like, how you, how, I, I, personally, I'll be like, yeah, I'm good. I want to be tall. Like, it didn't happen. So my mom's side of the family, they're all really tall. They're skinny, so I got the skinny part. Thank you, mom. So, <laughs> but they're really tall. And one of my dreams when I was little was like, one day I'm going to be as tall as my mommy. It never happened. I'm still dreaming of it. But anyhow, if you could have planned, like, think, of, think with me for a second. If you could have planned, like, uh, your family, your even the, the place that you were born, like so many of us would be like, yeah, I'm happy with my family, but ooh, I would have changed that thing or that thing, or maybe I would change this about myself or that about myself or the opportunities in life. I would change it. I would take it slightly different. And I want you to come with me to Matthew 1, and we're going to read 
based on on that, based on the 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 verse that I just said <clears throat> that I just quoted uh, from First Samuel about the that God does not look at appearances and He does not see how we see. He looks at the heart and the fact of like think what would you change like if you were given the opportunity if God would show up and tell you like oh do you know what like design your life from now on like design your life what do what do you want it to look like what do you want it to I'll probably be like yeah no trial no tribulation no thank you uh, amen uh, yes <laughs> everything loads of money and an indoor pool I don't know <laughs> like I'm just <laughs> but in Matthew 1 18 I'm going to read from verses 18 to 25 <clears throat> And it says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's very similar to what Sabrina was uh, reading from another gospel. But Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, the angel of the Lord, one of the scary ones, appeared to him in a dream and saying, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her conceived, is conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from the sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through a prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel said, and he took Mary as his wife, but he did not know him, did, did not know her until her son was born, and they named him Jesus. So, <clears throat> going back to what I was saying, if you could think of how to design your life, how to do, I would try to make it as perfect and as nice as possible for myself. And uh, it's human nature, so I, I believe I'm not the only one. It's like, oh yeah. What Neha was sharing, she'd probably be like, yeah, Amelia, no asthma, no, I don't even have to go through that. And that's human nature. And yet, the one that had the power to decide everything for himself chose to be born not even in a house, but in a, in a manger. And it was not like one of the, it's not like this one, all clean and tidy and this and he was a baby. He was clean. He was pure. He decided to be born around animals. The king of the universe. We're talking <clears throat> about God Almighty. Become flesh. And he decided to do that. And not only that. Like take it further. Like a step further. Like Mary was a virgin. And the fact that <clears throat> the Bible says. And we just read it. That they were not married yet. They were engaged to be married. So back in the day, everyone would know, and they knew how to do the maths, and they were like, like uh, wait, you're not married yet? You're pregnant? And of course, like Joseph believed her, and people that had the revelation believed her because of the revelation of the Holy Spirit. But can you imagine, like, uh-huh, yeah, the Holy Spirit got you pregnant. Uh-huh. And the fact of, like, in that day, in that society, she would have to walk, and she did walk with that stigma of being the mom of illegitimate, an illegitimate child and illegitimate children were almost second class citizens that's why probably Jesus was not picked to be trained by a rabbi because that's why in the gospels to me it's so exciting when he goes missing by the age of 12 
and they, they couldn't find him for three days. And like, oh, where were you? And they find him teaching in the temple. And they were surprised that because he had this wisdom, this revelation that all the teachers of the law were like, how is this child speaking like this? Because he had no rabbinic training. Nobody, no respectable rabbi would, would choose him because he was an illegitimate child. And I'm like, the king of the universe walked with that stigma, was willing to go through all of the things to, to face the shame of the culture, to have his parents being accused of like, oh, you did, you did the stuff before you got married. The fact that he put his own reputation down the line, like, everyone's like, he was so humble. The humility of this king. So when we talk about the king of kings and the lord of lords, we not only talk about this majestic king, like there's something so beautiful, like so powerful in the way that he, he chose for himself not to be wonderful, not to be even fitting with the, with the criteria of the day. Like how many of us would have chosen that? that birth for ourselves, not me. He probably even faced the stigma of like, he was not even wanted. He was just like the accident that happened because they couldn't wait. And this was the son of God. He chose for himself. He does not look at appearances. He does not look at situations the way we see situations. And that's one of the, the, the things that I love about being prophetic, about being a prophet. It's like you get to partner up with heaven. And when things look so hopeless, so wrong, so you're like, how do you see? And immediately something shifts. Because the way he sees, like he has this, this thing of like, okay, his kingdom is not limited. Like he, he's not running out of resources. Like he's not like, okay, so I have enough for Caleb and Ashley, but... For Molly, maybe, oh, 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 I'm stretching the blanket a little bit here. It's not like, oh, yes, yeah, so I provided for Asha and Miyabaka's wedding, but for Stephen and Naomi's, maybe, I don't know if the, the bountiful of heaven, like, the, but it's, it's not like that. When we see, take the most darkest, most impossible, most difficult situation in your life. Think about it. Now, think about it with me. Did God not know that that was going to happen to you? Is he surprised by that? Was he shocked? But I don't know what to do about Timmy's situation. Like, I don't, I don't know. Okay. He's not like us. He never, he's not limited. He's, he has all the resources, all the power, all the time in the world. Even the redeeming back the time. I've been talking to a lot of people that it's, it's like a recurring theme this year. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but it's like, oh, I'm not getting any younger. This life is so hard. And it's, and it's, not, it's not a criticism. Like, but when things happen and you lose hope and you start kind of like not seeing from heaven's perspective, but from earthly perspective, of course you're going to get stressed by time, by resource. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't. But the thing is like God can redeem time. God can redeem everything. Every single situation that has happened, that has tried to tangle us, that's nothing for the God of the impossible. And he chose. And I think that's partly why he chose the life that he chose. Because he was not, he was not given any advantage. 
not one. Like he could have picked everything to be perfect in his life. Orchestrated everything like angels, come bring me my packed lunch to school. I don't know. I don't know. But he could have done that. <clears throat> if he was getting bullied, angel, Gabriel, come kick him. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he could have made his life so easy, yet he didn't. And Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews, puts it beautifully. And it says, like, we have a high priest that we can relate to because we have a high priest that has gone through every single temptation and situation, yet without sin. So if he, if he did it, we can do it as well. And I wasn't planning to go here, but I, I feel the almost like the, the pull and the need to go back to God can redeem time. God can redeem time because I feel like there's people in the room and, and even online that have been battling with that situation, but the clock is ticking and I don't see anything happen. And I'm almost, I, we're in the last month of 2023 and I thought this year was going to look different. And I thought that that dream and that dream and that thing was already coming to pass. So what is it? What's wrong with me? And I just want to propose, isn't this the God that can redeem time? Isn't this the God that can make things happen within an hour? Isn't this the, the God that can shift situations around in five minutes? And even if he doesn't, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Avednego said, <clears throat> I will not bow down. We have a God that can save. But even if he doesn't, O oh, king, we will not worship your idols. We will not worship your, stat your statue. We will not bow down to the culture of the age. <clears throat> and just about a, a little testimony about redeeming time. So I was, last time, soon I'll be going to New York to see my family. Woo yeah. Last time I was flying from here to there. I know that the, the, the flight takes about like seven hours, six something, seven hours. I was asleep. I was not even doing anything spiritual. I was asleep. And I heard the voice of the Lord say, like, hey, do you want me to, to prove that I can redeem time? And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not even talking about time. I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping. And it's like, watch, watch what I'm about to do. And basically, we landed in New York in five hours. The pilot was like, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what has happened, but uh, I have no idea how to explain this, but we are ahead of schedule. And not even that, that has not happened in the however many years that I have been flying in the, I'm like, wait, what? and I just heard the chuckle, like, ha, 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 see, told you, <laughs> and I'm like, this is so cool, and this is not a thing that was, I didn't need to, 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 to experience that, but he's just so good, and he's like, hey, let me prove it to you, I can do whatever I want with time, there has been times, guys, I was actually running super, super late for, for an event, and uh, I was supposed to be meeting a friend before. But because of my trains, uh, we blessed TFL. <laughs> I was waiting for my train in the platform for ages. So by the time that I went to the, to the tube station that I, I needed to get off, uh, so I got out and I see this guy. And I, I cannot explain anything logical about this encounter. 
other than Holy Spirit who had orchestrated. So I'm standing here, like, frantically looking at my phone. I was like, okay, so I have to walk this way. You know, like, city map right now. Okay, if I walk there, trying to read the blue dot. It's like, okay, no, this way, that way. Okay. <laughs> and this guy just comes out of the blue, smiles, and comes and stands next to me. Hi, I'm such and such. Uh, um, uh, uh, hi, I'm, I'm Tanya. And he just starts telling me all of his life story. And I'm like, what? What's going on here? And Holy Spirit was like, we'll just pray for him. Oh, oh, okay, okay. I have no idea if this, if this guy is a Christian. I, I have nothing. I've, I know nothing about him except his name and what he's telling me that he's going through. And, and he's battling addiction. And, and he was not homeless. Like, he did not look like, do you know, like, you would suspect that from people that, and this is not, again, we see with our natural eyes. So in my natural eyes, like, he seemed like, normal person so he starts telling me a story holy spirit says like pray for him i pray for him the man starts weeping okay uh i don't know what happened like oh so this is jesus you said like yeah yeah this is the power of jesus like uh, composes himself okay thank you this has never happened to me before this was very weird thank you thank you have a good day and he runs so i'm like oh okay then what was that about I go to the place where I was at, and guess what? After all the, I was late, I, I was frantically running, and I, I, I looked at my phone. When I was at the station about to start talking to him, it was 11, 11 in the morning. After I prayed to him, I listened to his life story. Uh, I don't know. It was not a five-minute thing. I walked to the place that I was walking to. My friend was like, and I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so late. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because in my, in my mind, it's been like, well, I don't know, like half an hour, 45 minutes. Because honestly, we were chatting for a long time. I prayed for him. I ministered to him. It was 11.05 when I arrived. And I was like, What? What? So time, space, they, these things are nothing to our God. But going back, so I, I just wanted to, to release that and to, to raise up your expectations because this is for everyone. This is not only for the, oh, the prophet, the apostle. The, you're a Christian. You have the spirit of the living God within you. We read our Bible. This is my basic, Okay. That's game. You transported people. Uh, yeah, why not? But going back to the king, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, he can do anything and everything. But yet, what is more humbling and more miraculous to me <clears throat> is that he chose. He chose to live a life with no advantages. He chose the hard way. He chose the humble way. And that speaks a lot about the heart of our king. That speaks a lot about his character, who he is. And I, I want to be like him. One of my favorite things about God is how humble he is. Because he could, he could actually, he could be the one like showing off and like, oh, look at me. Look, I can do everything. And he, he can and he's entitled to, to brag on himself. And yet, he doesn't. And every single time that we come into encounter with him, doesn't he meet us exactly where we're at? 
He never shames. He never goes like, oh, you should have done better. You know better. That's not who he is. And the fact that he walked a perfect life to model that we can do it, because it's, it's fascinating to me that as a king, he has all the power, all the authority, everything. And yet, he's like, hey, I'm here to help you. It's not your strength. It's me. And this is the king that we serve. This is the king that is the majestic, the wonderful, the one that came to be in a manger, the one that chose to be the recognized as the illegitimate child of Joseph and Mary, the one that walked with not, not being the favorite one, not being the favored one, not, not, be, not even his brothers believed in him. They, they would mock him. When he goes and wants to go to Jerusalem for the Passover feast, it's like, hey, you should go. Like, the people are talking about you. They were mocking him. And he said, like, yeah, no, that's fine. The fact that he endured even scorn and mockery from his own family, being the son of God, like, he could have done everything and anything to make his life different. But yet, oh, there's one verse that really cut me and used to cut me and still does to this day. It's Isaiah 53, when he talks, Isaiah talks about the man of sorrows, and he talks about the way that Jesus would, would die on the cross, and, but there is one, one verse, and I, I believe it's one or two, or verse one or two, let me just go there to make sure that I'm not, I'm not making it up, but <laughs> yes, it's Isaiah uh, <clears throat> 53, and it says, my servant, it's verse 2, my servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. I used to be so affected by that because I was like, especially as a woman, I don't know if for guys it's like that, but as women, we, we want to look beautiful. We want to look pretty. And if you get the choice of like, oh, I'm going to be born like this, and I'm going to decide. Myself. I mean, you would have, like I said, I would have been told. <laughs> I would have changed this or that. Like, you name it. Even physical beauty. He chose not to be physically attractive. That to me is like, but you're the son of God. Like, it affected me so much when I was a teenager. Like, what do you mean? Like, Jesus was ugly? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> and can you imagine, like, teenage me, like, all the fashion magazines, and I'm like, but this is pretty. Jesus chose not to be pretty? What? Yet, and we might see it as like, haha, but the fact that he sees in a very different way, not even because when. It's, it's scientifically proven when people are charismatic and they're, they're attractive. They fit the norm of beauty in the culture because beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. If you fit in this category of the culture that in the time that you live in, people would be drawn to you. And you will have doors open and opportunities just because of the way that you look. This is how human nature works and how the human brain works. <clears throat> so to avoid having that, Jesus even decided not to choose beauty, not to make himself attractive in the natural. And I'm like, what kind of king is this? Is a king that knows that it's by anointing and it's by might and it's by power. 
not by appearances, not by you being given the upper hand, not by what life has given you, not by what your family has given you, not by what your work has given you. It is by might, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, by my, by, by my spirit, says the Lord. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. We are mighty because of the one that we carry. There's nothing more beautiful to behold and to see. And correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the people that have impacted me the most are not necessarily the ones that are more attractive, more charismatic, more like, they're the ones that look like Jesus. When you talk to them, there's something, even, I don't, I don't know, guys, but there's something about the eyes. There's something about the way that they speak. There's something about the way they live their lives. They, they react to things so differently. They extend grace when they're, you're not, no, but that person does not deserve grace. And they're like, yeah, but what if it was you? Wouldn't you want to be extended grace? And I'm, oh, yeah. and they think so differently. And you're not thinking about like, oh, yeah, they're five foot two. Like, they're not that attractive, you know? Mm. Oh, they're, they're a little bit chubby. Mm. No, sorry. Mm. You're rejecting the kingdom of God. It's not about appearances. It's not about even how educated you are. Because in, in some cultures, if you're, if you're educated, if you're really smart, then that's, that's your go-to. That's your achievement. And we, we are taught from very young age, like, if you achieve this, if you do this, then things will be, will be good for you. Then doors will open. And, and we always want to find what is best for ourselves, and we fight. We're like, I, I wanted it. And that's why we get so stressed when things don't go our way. Because it's like, no, but I, whatever. Like, I was not planning to be, I don't know, you name it, to be out of a job. At this time of year, I was not planning for my child to get sick around this time of year. Or at this stage in life, I should be doing this, 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 this. Instead of looking at our lives like the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords looks and sees our situation, we partner up with a lesser reality and with a lesser kingdom. That doesn't mean that reality is not there. And as a matter of fact, as a family, we're, we're going through this situation where my dad was miraculously healed from cancer. God healed him a few months ago. And then he started relapsing. And all the symptoms started to come back. And yet I stand and I talk to them and I FaceTime my mom and dad. And his faith is so strong. And he goes like, okay, this is what reality is saying. This is what this... Rome is saying, <clears throat> we're anchoring to a bigger reality. This is what my body is experiencing right now. We're anchoring into a bigger reality. What is he saying? What is he decreeing? And the way that I've seen my dad just fight and the, the, the journey of faith and how he's talking, like he's so on fire for Jesus. I'm like, who is this man? And he's just ministering to people and praying for people and going about and And some, some days, like, the pain is so strong that he can barely move. And then you see this dichotomy of, like, and he goes, like, yeah, no, but my inner man is strong. Like, what? What? And probably that would, that would not be something that I would choose for myself. But, and yet, going back to the king of kings and the lord of lords, like, he knows. Because 
The Bible says that when he was nailed onto that cross, he became sin. <clears throat> and not only that, he became sin. And Isaiah 53, again, it says, like, by his stripes we are healed. He carried all of our sicknesses, all of our diseases. And because of what he did, he became sin and disease. Every single sickness, you name it, like AIDS, cancer, COVID, uh, whatever, he embodied them being on that cross. And can you imagine like looking at Jesus at that moment? He was the perfect lamb unblemished. And I, I get emotional because sometimes like we, we I don't grasp the, the, the gravity of the, the reality of like, he was so deformed by becoming sin. <clears throat> I'm recovering from a cold, so sorry. But I have a voice, so woohoo, praise Jesus. <clears throat> he was so deformed by all the torture that he, he experienced in his physical body, but he also was carrying every sing, single disease and sin from every culture, every period in time, every human being passed in his time and for the, for the future. That's why the Bible says that he was recognized and married beyond human recognition. And this is the king of kings. He could have said like, boom, done. Yet, he endured the pain of the cross and he endured everything for the joy set before him for us to empower us to be able to go into relationship back to the Father, but also to live our lives, not just merely getting by. That's not, that's not kingdom living. Sorry, but no. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, we're not victim of our circumstances. We're not victim of our reality of, yeah, my mom, my dad, and I'm not saying, and I'm not diminishing the pain and trauma in people's lives. But there's a God that redeems. There's a God that restores. There's a God that is so powerful and majestic. And him being able to do everything and anything good for himself. Chose to, he chose to come as a baby. And he chose to live a life that was not even great. <clears throat> from a human point of view. Can you, let's look at it. Life of Jesus. Illegitimate child. Father dies at some point. Uh, scorned by brothers and sisters. Rejected by the society. Hated by all the... If Jesus was alive again today, he was basically... He would be hated by the pastors, the, the councils, all the mighty prophets. Like, they did not like him. <clears throat> Yet... Even with that, like he was the one that came and died for all of us. He chose. He chose that, that king, that beauty, that majestic of, <clears throat> that's, that's meekness right there. Power under control. He was so meek, having all the power, having all the opportunities, having everything that he could have done rightly, he chose not to. Because he was showing us, at least showing me, how life sometimes is not fair. We live in a fallen world. Why this? Why that? Why wars? Why disease? Why the <clears throat> we make choices. 
And sometimes it's just life. But the thing is, we have this anchor, this faith, this hope that will anchor you into this secret place, into the inner place where you will get your strength. It doesn't mean that your situation will change immediately, but you see in a different way. You see from a different perspective. So I, I'm just so grateful that we're about to go into Christmas and we get to celebrate that he came. That he could have he could have said, like, no, sorry. Too far gone, humanity. No, sorry, no. Or he could have chose a different, a different type of death. He could have chosen a different path. Yet he didn't because of the joy set before him. Because of us. We were the joy set before him. When he was on the cross, we make it so, I make it so impersonal sometimes. And I forget that. No, he was thinking of me. Like he was looking at me. I'm going gonna, <clears throat> gonna to have this, this person be born in this time, this age, this da-da-da. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. She's going to be like this. She's going to be like that. We're all fearfully and wonderfully made. And he died and he came because of each and every one of us. So I just want to pray. I don't know how. Oh, yeah, I'm good for time. I was like, woohoo! I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, no, because if not, I get excited. I get excited. I can't carry on talking. But I just want to invite you. Uh, oh, someone's not happy. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want to live. Fire kids, bless her. <clears throat> but I just want all of us, if you can stand with me, would you stand? Because I, I just, as, as we go about into this Christmas season, and we're talking about Advent, and we're talking about faith, and the prophetic, and this and that, let us be a people that celebrate the King of Kings, that will get to know the King under a different light this Christmas. <clears throat> I pray that we will reflect his humility. So, Father, Thank you for who you are. Jesus, thank you. And we worship you. We magnify you. We say thank you for coming. Thank you for being so meek. Thank you for being such a wonderful king. Thank you for setting up the example for us. Jesus, thank you. The humility in your heart, the way that you see things, you're beautiful. And when, when people see you, of course, they will want you. You are the desire of the nations. Father, I just pray for every single person here and people watching online <clears throat> and I pray over my own heart Jesus would you allow us to see you in a different under a different light this Christmas season Father would you allow us to have encounters with your humility would you allow us to to live like you Jesus even when things are not going our way the way that we want things to to work that when our expectations are not met, Father, will we be able to surrender like you did, Jesus? Jesus, That you did not choose the best for yourself? And that to me is mind-blocking. Mind <clears throat> Father, thank you. Father, I just pray for our hearts. 
Father, may we navigate in a way that we don't need to prove anything to anybody, not even to ourselves. Father, I just pray for that ability to be so humble. If you're happy, we're happy. Father, would you cleanse, would you clean the motives of our heart? Would you purify our hearts in such a way that it's not, not even for, for me to look good, for, oh, wow, the way that she preaches, the way that she teaches, or you name it, the way that, Father, cleanse, like, clean our hearts, cleanse our motives, our desires, our minds, to be able to be like you. And I just pray for everyone who has been struggling with hopelessness. I just speak hope. I just speak hope right now in Jesus' name. I just want to speak the goodness of the Lord upon your life. I just want to speak hope, not <clears throat> natural hope, but the biblical hope, the good expectation, the expectation of good things to happen in every area of your life. So, Father, right now I just speak hope because your kingdom is hope. You are the God of all hope. And whoever hopes in you, you will not disappoint. Hope in you does not disappoint. So Father, I just pray and I just break the effects of hopelessness. And Father, I just pray an acceleration. Father, I just pray <clears throat> that many that have not seen the fulfillment of the promises or what they were expecting for this year, Father, would you do would you do that for us in this next, in this next few weeks? Not out of proving anything, but Father, because you're a good Father and you delight in the desires and in, in, in teaching your children how you work and how you love the way that, that we are with you. So, Father, I just pray for hope. Let hope arise. Let hope arise. Let dreams come to pass in Jesus' name who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So I just speak right now, desires coming to pass. Not the needs, not the needs. The needs are met, but the desires of the heart coming to pass. Father, may we be a people of hope. So I just pray hope arise in Jesus' name. Hope arise in Jesus' name. King arise in Jesus' name in our hearts. King arise in our hearts. I bless you to hope. I bless you to dream. I bless you to look like Jesus. Not only on, on Christmas season, but every single day of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.